Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of A Millennial of Money. <laughs> I am here with Graham yeah. and Andre. What's up? And there's Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about the next market crash, because what else would we talk about when the stock market is red, real estate's uh, bubbly and overvalued, and, and geez, it's got to come down, doesn't it? What, what are you guys wow. all thinking? First of all, it's freezing in here. I don't know. <laughs> how do you keep it this cold? I'm sweating, man. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm about to turn it down even more. <laughs> it is freezing in here, legit, guys. It is. You know, I had it at 69. Now I'm at 66. <laughs> Is it really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like 66. It's a fridge in here, man. Yeah, it is. Also, it's a lot smaller than you see it. Like, it's, than you imagine, it's way smaller. No, no. It's bigger than than it. (laughs) (laughs) It's bigger in person. (laughs) All right. How do we kick this off, Jeremy? I don't know. Jeremy, take us away with the market crash. Oh my gosh. I I can't talk about the market crash. It's just a TTCF crash. Everything else is going up. (laughs) I don't want to talk this week. Okay. No, but uh, Kevin, first off, I've got to know when the election results actually start coming out. Like when, when are we going to see it on CNN or wherever? An hour and six minutes away. We've got uh, KCAL News, uh, CBS here. We got Spectrum here. CBS is coming. Uh, I got like Politico uh, calling us for a Zoom. I was just in San Diego. Like it's it's crazy. There are cameras running around here. It's fun. Uh, they were just filming in here in the studio, and so that delayed uh, Millennial Money. But it's it's so fun. <laughs> Whoa, this is awesome, man. I, I'm rooting for you. Like, what do you? What, how are you feeling? Like, are you nervous, Kevin? Like, what? What? Explain to us the emotions of of we, today. We are so excited, and personally, I'm really excited too. Like, not not nervous at all. Really excited. Uh, no matter what happens, uh, win lose, we're so happy for for the change that we're pushing for. Because it's like we need we need our generation in politics. The transparency that, that we bring to YouTube is what we got to have in politics, man, just so we can get some real good change going. So uh, we're excited. You know, a lot of it, in my opinion, is going to come out to how many of us actually came out to vote. We are the biggest voting base in America, but we have the lowest turnout because we don't think elections matter. They matter. Yeah. <laughs> they matter a lot. So, so we'll you're see. saying, Kevin, it's not too late to go and vote right now. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Y'all have uh, about an hour and five minutes before the polls goes and. All you have to do is be in line by 8 o'clock. So, you know, as long as you're there by like 7.59, they'll let you vote. Now, as far as the results go, do they kind of trickle in or is it just one number immediately at 8 o'clock? It's like trickle, trickle, trickle. just like the national ones. You know, the Mm -hmm. polls are closed depending on how many people are in the lines. And you got, you know, hundreds of these polling stations and nobody's in line. Hit send on the polls. Boom, it shows up. Man, we should have started this at eight. That would have been exciting. Man, this is cool. So, uh, man, like, Kevin, this is crazy, man. I can't believe, like, this is actually happening now. It's so much talk and debate about this. And now, so I I was reading earlier, what is it? uh, Half the people that have turned in ballots so far, I believe, were Democrats. Now, does this bode well or bad for you in your opinion? Well, I would say the the best case scenario for the recall happening is actually less Democrats turn out. And lately, a lot of Democrats have been very, very fearful of both Larry Elder and COVID. And I'm not trying to get political about it, just what's happened. And uh, and, and so they've been motivated to send in more ballots. I think we had 8.9 million ballots mailed in and received as of this morning. And as of this morning, because the polls have been open for a little over a week in some places, three or four days here in Ventura County, uh, we have had 8.9 million mail-in ballots received, about 323,000 in-person votes. So most Republicans vote in person the day of the election. So today's going to be like the Republican turnout day. If they don't turn out, you know, then then there's your problem. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, lots of mail-in ballots out here. Mm -hmm. It looks so funny. Voted already. Uh, Well, so of the electorate of the 19 uh, percent, we're at about like 42 percent as of this morning. Mm -hmm. We'll probably be at close to 60 percent by the time it's over. Wow. 
do you know your odds at all? Do you know any statistical figures as far as what the chances are? They're they're all over the place. Uh, in terms of, <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. Okay. They're all over okay. the place. <laughs> they're That's just fair. like it's like which one do you pick? I have no idea. I feel like I'm more nervous than Kevin is right now. <laughs> <laughs> more coffee. This is bankroll coffee, by the way. Yes, here. Graham. You, I think you pressed the on button on that coffee mate. It was good. Yeah. It was. I'm actually. I'm drinking it. It's in the back here. I don't know where I put it, but... Oh, I got you. It's right behind the star. Look at that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't tried it yet. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, here. <laughs> COVID. COVID. Yeah, hey! let's pass it around. <laughs> so, uh, but thanks. Thanks for asking, Jerry. Yeah, man. So uh, what's going on with Tattoo Chef? And let's talk about the marketing crypto a little bit. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, Tattoo Chef <laughs> is doing what it usually does. 16 to 24, 24 back down to 16. So right now it's on its way back to 16 and it'll pop back. Okay. So, <laughs> but no, I'm more concerned about uh, what I've been talking about on the channel recently is China, China, man. Alibaba, the, the drama there. I don't know if you guys saw, but Alibaba all of a sudden is um, donating a third of their cash to Chinese causes, which was very, very wow. quickly. Yeah, it just, you know, a third of their cash, like, sounds like a shakedown to me. And then when in, in Las Vegas Sands and the casino stocks got hit today, because now there's talk about uh, potentially changing a bunch of things when it comes to casino operators, how concessions are done. China wants to have more oversight in the gambling industry. And um, it just seems like uh, kind of a nightmare for anything China related. It doesn't like China stocks, really drama. Anything that does a lot of business in, in China in general, a lot of drama right now. And it's unfortunate. Yeah, so what happened to win today? I saw it was down like 12%. I think it dropped to like 90, $89. It bought a little bit more on that dip. But uh, can you explain the, uh, the impact? Yeah. So, so one is China wants to get more involved in overseeing the operations of the casino company. So what does that mean? You know, no one really knows. It's a little scary, right? Uh, and also they're talking about, they want more Macau owned casinos or Chinese owned casinos. And so that's a little scary because it's like, are they going to take away um, potentially the concessions for win? Cause Basically, how it works is Wynn got a 20-year concession, which is essentially where they're allowed to ha have the gambling license. They got that back in 2002. That runs out in 2022. So if if Macau decides to not you know, go ahead and renew for Wynn, they can't have gambling properties in Macau, which would be absolutely ridiculous, right? Um, so that's the fear. You know, maybe it's a rational fear, but you know, when you see a lot of the stuff coming out about China, I mean, you know, and, and the kind of the moves they're making, it's it's a little it's a little scary. So, did you guys see the AOC thing on Twitter? <laughs> Tax the oh, rich. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that was awesome. She is a what brilliant a marketer. Yeah, she really is. Oh my gosh, she got everyone talking about her today. Brilliant. Right. Uh, you go to the richest place and wear that. Brilliant. I mean, yeah. just hats off to that marketing. Well, yeah, it's, and she. I, I looked. I looked at her Instagram. Her Instagram. Her, her post got like two million likes, which is like a crazy amount. Um, but then I was looking at the comments, and she was just getting ripped in the in the comment section. As soon as you get through the verified comments and get to like normal uh, people, everybody just like thirty thousand dollars for a ticket. You are the rich, you know this and that. <clears throat> You know, I went through her finances. Did you guys see that video? I did. I did. You oh, saw that was a great video. Like she drives a Tesla, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> drives a Tesla, yeah. has a nice apartment in New York City, uh, disclosed in 2018 when she ran, basically no stocks, no retirement, like under $5,000, like about, uh, I think, fifteen dollars to $45,000 of student debt. And uh, in her last disclosure for this, this uh, 2022 cycle, <clears throat> I'm sorry, for 2020, so two years into her term, while she's getting paid, you know, $175,000 a year or whatever, no changes at all, like no stock holdings to disclose, no changes in retirement account, no changes in investment, no changes uh, in student debt, still has student debt, but has Tesla and the nice car, always has nice clothing and stuff. Now, some people are like, oh, but she's trying to be normal. Like she doesn't want to be the people, the person that gets into power and buys stocks. Uh, and, and I'm looking at it like, she is being the epitome of an example to younger generations that financial education doesn't matter. She's exemplifying that financial education doesn't matter. You get a higher salary, you spend it on nicer clothes, you spend it on fancy dress, you spend it on a fancy apartment and a Tesla. It's stupid. That's why I tweeted the other day, uh, don't buy a Tesla, buy Tesla, T-S-L-A, right? <laughs> so th these are the things that, that just drive me nuts.
It's a great point. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. what was her total income disclosed? Can she be getting paid for speaking engagements and stuff and then not reporting that? Or is everything for her reported? Uh, uh, let's see here. Um, ever, she has to disclose. She has to disclose income sources. So super important that she does. Uh, the same thing. We we had to do the same financial disclosures, like everything, properties you own, everything. It's crazy. Yeah, but did you see the Nancy Pelosi disclosure? She's made seven over seven million dollars, but that wasn't off of her income. That was from the speaking fees. Yes. So could AOC technically have other sources as well that are not disclosed? Not Maybe that I'm aware of, because there's a section. Or... Uh, I mean, I'm sure you could play games. Yeah. I bet you could play games. You know what's funny? Their version of speaking fees is like the YouTube version of selling a course. <laughs> but, she made, yeah, but she made all of her money speaking, not actually doing it. She made more money speaking than actually than actually being a politician. Yeah. yeah, I know. Just just follow well, everything Nancy Pelosi's doing, basically. <laughs> or Janet Yellen. She made it. Oh, so you guys are you guys are rearranging, right. yeah. Because this was kind of funny, man. I, I was trying not to laugh, but you guys three smushed together like that was kind of hilarious. <laughs> Dude, the studio even is with, tiny. Even with us, by the way, we're sharing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is, this is quite funny. Yeah, and with, with Kevin, you know, I thought you guys were going to have some professional setup going here with multiple cameras from multiple angles. So. Um, yeah, we need. We should. We should uh, maybe try out your your podcast studio sometime, Graham, and and see how that does for an episode. Oh, that'd be cool. I would love to do that. And yeah, we can have Alex uh, do the cameras. Right now, we got this here. If we look this, we could. Uh, I think. Ah, uh, nice. Oh, so you switched the, it. Yeah, I switched oh, it so we could do that. Magic. I know. Maybe this is better. <laughs> yeah, this seems <laughs> a little bit more natural. Right, there this. you go. <laughs> the the problem. So uh, we're selling courses. Yeah. Uh, what are we selling? So oh. Kevin, stop the bullshit.com. <laughs> we're just oh. we're just plugging everything of Kevin's today. <laughs> Turn off those monitors in the back. No, just kidding. Dude, no, but he uh, has like a six-inch door right there that soundproofs everything. Oh, it's probably bigger than that. It's probably eight inches. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously. It is it is like <laughs> It's, I heard it was about four. It's, but it's hard. Yeah, it's still, <laughs> no, it's too far. <laughs> oh man, good thing we got no sponsors to this video. They've been buying Bitcoin, Jeremy. Bitcoin? We we talking about Bitcoin? What is that? You talking about that Chuck E. Cheese tokens again? <laughs> Bitcoin. Come oh on. No, so well. I did see Kathy Wood. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys read The Hungry Bowl today, but Kathy Wood is very, very bullish on NFTs. She says NFTs are the new internet. Okay, so so explain to me in your words what, what Kathy Wood is talking about NFTs because I, I tried explaining NFTs to you guys and you're like, it doesn't make sense. Well, I mean... I I think she, I think what she was trying to say is she's just insanely excited about it and she feels like it's misinterpreted. Um, she, you know, obviously everybody right now is just talking about like, oh, some NFT sold for a million dollars of a stick figure or whatever, like a word. And what she's trying to say is like, you know, NFTs are going to be uh, a lot bigger and more than just what they are. Now, I, personally, I'm not a good person to explain that because it's not like I'm some super bullish NFT person, but she's talking about it in, in regards of like the internet age when it was first coming around. People are like, I don't get it. Like, what is this? This is stupid. And, um, you know, I don't know. Kathy, Kathy does obviously make a lot of big statements and maybe this is misguided. But I'm, I'm curious though, what's her bullish thesis on NFTs? What does she think NFTs will do for, I guess, the internet? What does yeah, she see them as? I would have to get into that article there, but uh, you know, she was basically just saying that the NFT craze. She says, um, you know, that basically it's a, it's a shiny object right now that people are talking about. Um, but she says, she says, "quote This is how I felt when the internet first came about uh, when talking about NFTs." So, I mean, she doesn't get that into detail. That's the thing. Um, it just sounds like she doesn't want to write it off. That, I guess that's the best uh, way to, to kind of come. It doesn't sound like she said she's saying basically don't write it off. Don't give up on it. Don't just think this is some scam thing that's just going to be here today or, you know, here today and gone tomorrow. She also said she reiterated that she sees Bitcoin reaching five hundred thousand dollars over the next five years and says her confidence in Ethereum has gone up dramatically. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Good to hear. Yeah. yeah. Well, the only thing I'm scared about, though, is the thing about the infrastructure bill. So I think September 27th is when they're supposed to vote on it. And I don't know if that's going to get done. But one of the issues that they have 
is trying to classify this is so weird. I could hear everything I'm yeah, saying, and it's yeah. it's like throwing we, me we off. We have a reverb in here, so it's difficult to speak. I, I would take that ear pod out when you're speaking. If I were you guys, take, yeah, take, I'm it, just out take it off. Yeah. Can you still hear me? Yes. Yep. Sweet. Um, so one of the things that that I'm concerned with crypto is regulation within the infrastructure bill, as far as what classifies as a broker, and they haven't really come to a 100% bulletproof agreement. So right now they're trying to classify brokers as anybody who basically transacts with, with crypto. And that kind of entails everybody from miners to, to the nodes to, you know, the DeFi exchanges. So the decentralized finance exchanges, uh, all of the, all of those, uh, entities, they could be classified as brokers, which means technically they would be liable to pay taxes on every micro transaction, which would not only be nearly impossible, but would sort of kill innovation because you can't just tax those microtransactions. And so what's interesting is that the state of affairs right now in this country is that we're trying to pass rules and laws under the guise of, you know, an infrastructure bill. So it's like we're holding each other kind of hostage and they're passing these little sneaky, sneaky little regulations inside of these infrastructure bills. So, I don't know. It, I'm kind of that was done on purpose, or do you think this is them just not knowing what they're doing? They just they don't wrote know. it in, yeah. and it's yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. They just have no idea what they're doing, and it sucks because if if they do pass something like this, it could completely destroy innovation in the U.S. And I hope it doesn't happen. But September twenty seventh is we'll we'll know at least a little bit closer what they decide to do with that. But they're going back and forth. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So September 27th, this is going to be something that's voted on in, in around the microtransactions. So uh, if you could just go into maybe a little detail here, Andre, like what is uh, best case scenario? I'm guessing that the, the bill doesn't pass and kind of what's worst case scenario with this and kind of what do you think is most likely to kind of play out over the next year when it comes to any regulations or, or things like that? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> right now, <laughs> anything goes. I have no idea what's what's going to happen. Uh, they're still trying to understand it. Obviously, they don't like crypto, so it's in their best interest to try to regulate this out of existence. But I also feel like there are people within the government that are trying to understand it and that do understand that innovation is really important and they can just they can't just kill this off because that would not be good for us. Yeah. So now they did say though that they were not going to be pursuing. I'll take this off now. They did say that uh, they weren't going to be pursuing some of these cases. Uh, they were working with the Federal Reserve not to enforce everything literally to the T. Like if you create an NFT, you sell it for $700. They're not going to track you down. It's not worth their time. So their intention is that this would apply for brokerages, even though it's written that this would apply to everybody, whether or not they actually enforce it for everybody, who knows? Yeah, also, you know, There's a few things about surveillance in that bill, which... Uh, is really interesting because so essentially any transactions over, I believe, six hundred dollars yeah. are going to be reported to the IRS. So technically, the IRS could get their hands on any bank account and they would know exactly how much money you have and what's being transferred when exactly how much. Uh, it's a really interesting approach. That's never happened well, before. They want to do that with banks, too. They also want uh, uh, clearer banking transaction history so that they would be able to see how much money is going into your bank account and out of your bank account for tax reporting purposes. And that would help um, uh, help with audits because they want to spend, I think it's like $80 billion beefing up the IRS to, uh, to basically audit more high income tax returns. And if they have the data to say, hey, we see that $10 million is going in your bank account, but you're only reporting $4 million, what's that discrepancy? Right now, they don't have that access unless banks send it to the IRS for like suspicious activity. So- that's something that they wanted to do, but uh, we'll see. That's uh, that's something that they're pushing for. The only thing that I'm curious about is if it's going to report like Mint, uh, because this is a big issue that I've had with Mint.com, is that if I transfer, let's say, 10 grand from one bank account to another bank account, in Mint.com, it shows that I just made 10 grand on the other account, and I spent 10 grand in the first bank account. So would the IRS see that if I'm moving it to and from bank back and forth. Wait a second. He received a hundred grand. He received a hundred grand. He received a hundred grand, even though it's the same money just being moved back and forth. Yeah. Same with crypto. If you transfer crypto, right, you transfer from one exchange to another, that could be considered a taxable event and that would really suck. So yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, guys, is there a way you can unplug the headphones and just have it go through a speaker? Because I feel like that would be a better experience for you for you to because this so whole apparently like, according to Ke according to Kevin, he says you can hear everything we're saying twice. Okay, it cut out for a second there. I don't know why that did that, but it, you're saying you 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 can't um, you can't unplug it and just have it go over a loudspeaker. Oh, nope, okay. Because then that this this audio thing picks up everything and, and it sends it back it. to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, what a complicated process. Somebody needs to make a meme out of this. Two millionaires use nineteen dollar air, you know, uh, headphones for math. Nineteen dollars, Jeremy. I know this is not worth your time, but it's worth my time. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. Like every second, there's like a new tweet I'm seeing in front of me. Yeah. There's there's Fox News right here on TV. There's Four screens right here. It's it, it's unreal. I don't understand yeah. how Kevin's brain is running at 300 miles an hour. I wish we could turn this around for a second. He has one, two, three, uh, three iPads, four, five, six. No, six, six iPads. Uh, a computer. No, seven iPads here. <laughs> a computer, three, and then four, three computers five, behind with a TV up here. It's five insane. monitors, and I want to say at least ten TVs. Five in the front, five in, at least five behind us. Yeah. Whoa. And they light up every second with a new tweet. <laughs> I asked him about this because I was in here earlier getting some work done. I was saying this is really distracting because like uh, I would say seven times a minute, there's a new tweet that comes up and he reads them. He reads them as he's working for like new updates so he could react to it or like get it out really quickly. This makes then, so much like, sense how he's able to do videos faster than I feel like the news can get it out. Yeah. As soon as the tweet comes out, he just goes live. Yeah, really? It's amazing. Yeah. That, that's Jeez. insane. Dude, yeah. Jeremy, why didn't you come out? Uh, dude, you know, I employ like half of America. So if I go out there, half of America's out of work and we're in a great recession. <laughs> and so oh, <laughs> I, have to, I have to stay in Vegas, like work constantly. But no, and plus I didn't want to get a cold. You guys are going to get a bad cold from just being in that office. I hear Graham yeah. sniffling every 10 seconds. Oh, you know why? It's the reason why. Let me explain this. I wore this jacket for the first time in two years and it was sitting in the closet and it's really dusty and I'm oh. allergic to dust. And I put this on and immediately I started like tearing up. My nose got all like stuffed up. It feels like I constantly have to sneeze. So I told him, I was like, why don't you wash it after two years? He's like, why would I want to do that? <laughs> I've worn it a few times. It's a sit, it's sat in the closet. Like you don't need to wash it. It's just dusty, not dirty. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. Cause I, I thought it was because of the cold, the cold in that office. Cause you guys said it's like 66 degrees or whatever in there. That's insane, yes. man. That's, like, that's middle of winter in Vegas. <laughs> oh my goodness. So any, anywho, so now that Kevin's not here, what do you guys think? Is he going to win tonight or is he not going to win? What's going on here? Okay. <laughs> you first on it. <laughs> I'll be that guy. <laughs> Jeremy, how about you? You go first. You propose the question. So at first, I wasn't feeling very good about it, right? You know, like I, I was like, "Hey, I, I hope you win, man," but I'm not feeling very good. But then it was looking good for him for a while, and then I feel like the last month, all of a sudden, like you know, they put a lot of resources behind Newsom, and uh, from my understanding, Obama's even done ads, um, you know, to stop the recall, and like some big players on that side. And that makes it me a little scared that, you know, maybe this isn't going to go his way just because I'm like, I saw how much resources they put away. And if you look at Kevin's odds, because they actually have um, odds, I don't know why that came up, but they have odds on, you know, like his probability of winning, like over the past month, it's gone down, you know, substantially. And I don't think that's his fault at all. It's just, they have a war chest of money over there and they have all the connections that you possibly need, um, you know, on that side. And I think that makes it tough. So hoping for the best tonight, but I don't know, man, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I watch them. So every like few days, I'll go and look at the polls. I'll take this up. I go and look at the polls and I see what's trending and what's not. It's unclear because right now, uh, Newsom has a huge advantage. And uh, it seems like in the polls, he's way ahead. And then you have Elder and then you have Kevin. So I think, regardless of what happens, if Kevin is able to get a substantial amount of votes, regardless of if he wins or not, that's a big sign that, you know, Someone is able to, to, to run and within six months, seven months, make such a big impact. I think that's huge. And I think that gives him an even bigger edge 
if he was to run again. Yeah, that's a great point. I do think win or lose, the net benefit that he has over that he's had over just doing this entire campaign is is great for him. The amount of exposure that he's got, the amount of people that he's been able to employ that I think will stick with him even after this is over. And just like Graham said, if he runs again, I think his chances will be dramatically better in the future. So, but also to Kevin's point in the last, what, 30 minutes or so, there's going to be a ton of people flooding in and voting. So we could see the tide yeah. turn for all we know. I'm not sure, but it'll be exciting. That's in what, uh, 43 minutes now. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. If they get 65% of the votes in, that extra 35%, I mean, if it's somewhat close, I don't know, that could swing things one way or another. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's a W for Kevin no matter what. You know, I'm sure he's going to get an impressive number. So um, the interesting thing is, you know, if there was a recall, who would win? Would it be Kevin or would it be that elder guy? That, I think that's another interesting thing. It's like, yeah. first off, would, would the recall happen and would it be elder or would it be Kevin? Did you say something? Did Jeremy disconnect? Yeah. No, there you go. It's, sure you it's cut out for a second. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why it keeps uh, cutting in and cutting out, but anywho. You. You're filming from your garage. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I, you know, it's weird. Maybe he had a real office like this. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> A real studio. I can't afford that air conditioning bill. Oh my gosh, man! Keep all those screens cold. But uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll move in the house. But anyways, no. I was saying if there was a recall, it'd be interesting to see like who's going to get more vote, Kevin or the elder guy. Right. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Right now, elder does seem to be in the lead. But again, a lot of people vote last minute. That's true. Uh, we sound like CNN now. <laughs> we just keep going. <laughs> No, but do you guys remember when uh, when Kevin first started running? He, I feel like all, almost all of us were a little bit more cynical or a little bit like weary of politics. We're like, I don't know, man. It's going to be hard to change anything about California. And then he's like, no, no, you guys are just jaded. You guys are just jaded. And I feel like by the end of this, like even now at this point, he's like, oh, gosh, you wouldn't believe the yeah, amount yeah. of crookedness in politics. Yeah. And I just feel like, if anything, he's learned a ton through this. And I don't know if it's just us being cynical or negative about it all but yeah. i feel like he's come a little bit more to our side and maybe it's more realistic of a point of view about politics could be I'm, i had to move inside guys maybe the internet connection i don't know what's going on i never have oh we can't see you now you're backlit <laughs> oh yeah wait now we need uh, we need Dude, big light it's so there. awkward <laughs> <laughs> made for a right ear i know yeah, this is this is their sloppiest stream ever. Watch this be our most viewed stream ever. Could you imagine that? It's our worst <laughs> one, and everybody watches. So it always happens. Yeah. So anywho, Graham, what's going on? You making any moves out there in the market? Any buys? I run like, Yeah. You know what did I buy this morning? I bought a little bit of Win, and uh, what else did I buy? Uh, Win the S and P five hundred, like I do every morning, every single morning. Wait, you buy it every day? Yeah, I do. How much do you daily average into it? Uh, it's 2000 to 3500 Every day? Yeah. Dude, I do it every week. Really? <laughs> Two grand a week, yeah. I don't know. I like I like every day. It gives me something to do. Every morning I wake up. I know it's probably not the most efficient. I would be best off just dumping it all in. But I like going in there every day and feel like it, it's a part of my routine. I wake up. The first thing I do is I open my phone, check the market, and buy every single morning. Two to three grand every day. That's yeah. insane. That's a lot of money. I'll I'll do two to three grand every week. No, I'll do four grand a week. My bad. Yeah. Four grand a week, which I guess is a thousand dollars a day minus three days of the week. And I'll do another thousand or two a week in crypto. So I guess I'll do four to six thousand a week. Yeah. That's oh, so so yeah, so here's what I bought. So I bought win ninety bucks. And then I bought a little uh Walgreens at forty eight. Oh, some WBA, huh? Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you mentioned this to me before, Jeremy, and it stuck with me. Uh, you treated Walgreens, maybe I'm paraphrasing a little bit, as uh, as almost like your emergency fund or like your safety net, where, you know, it's going to fluctuate a little bit up or down. But given that it's a pretty stable stock, I felt comfortable just dumping a pretty good amount in there and just leaving it. So Yeah, 
that's how I feel about the, that's how I feel about WBA. It's kind of like a better version of a savings account, essentially, where it's like you know. I believe the stock's going to appreciate over the coming years, but you get that 4% dividend yield, or it might be less than 4% now. They almost raise a dividend almost every year, and it's kind of like a little piggy bank savings account type stock. So, Wait, you guys would just always argue with me about dividends, and here you are praising them. <laughs> What's going what? on here? Make no, up no, your mind, you flip-flopper. Wait, 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 wait. I don't think, I don't think that's accurate, Mr. Uh, Andre. What are we talking about here? Dividends? That's you, true. I think that's Kevin. I think that's Kevin hating on dividends. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Graham and I, I don't think we would speak down about that. Kevin, maybe. Yeah, Kevin last week, I remember I you on you. <laughs> I, I told Andre a while ago not to do dividends because it's tax inefficient for Andre, um, which, that, I would, which I would agree with Walgreens to a certain degree. But I think for an emer like as a total portfolio, Walgreens isn't bad. But in my situation, I think for an emergency fund, it would make better sense. No, I, th I think saying dividends are just taxable and that's why you shouldn't invest in them alone is not a good reason to not invest in dividends. I think taxes is just one of the many facets about dividends that, that you know, to take into consideration. But for me, yeah. anyway, it's uh, not Walgreens. For me, I treat, I, treat it, uh, I treat Apple like my savings account. I love Apple. It's, it's so stable, man. And it, and it pays less of a dividend. So it, in that sense, it might be a little bit more tax efficient than WBA. And it's a little bit more of a growth stock too. Got more potential. Yeah, absolutely. We need to talk about the new iPhone too tonight. But hey, real quick, you know, there's a lot of screens around you and whatnot. And I don't think Kevin's in there. Are his um, stock accounts by chance logged in on any of those? Can you, can Are you, you see something? I'm thinking? I'm <laughs> sell everything. <laughs> sell one sell giant taxable event. Could you imagine we sell everything and put it all in Tattoo Chef? Like, could he could he sue <laughs> me for that? Like, how's that work? <laughs> hey, Kevin, we sold out of all of your option positions. <laughs> Just, like, we liquidated millions from you. <laughs> Do you go to April jail for that? Or, or how's that work? Like, they just they just sold everything and bought something else, man. <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah. But uh, anywho, did you guys see the iPhone 13 today? Uh, in, no. In uh, I was busy coming over here. Okay. Yeah, it didn't look. Yeah, it, dude, it didn't look that exciting. Like typical stuff. Little better camera. Little better chips. Little more battery life. Little better screen. I'm, um, little better. Everything. I was really disappointed by it, man. Yeah. It, yeah, because I feel like they should have released the MacBook Pro, the 16-inch version with the M1 chip, and they still mm. haven't put that in there. And I'm still waiting to buy one because <laughs> I don't. I don't want that 15-inch one. That's like I don't want the first iteration of that product, which is for me as a. I edit my videos in Premiere Pro, but mm -hmm. now that Premiere Pro is actually working with the M1 chip, I want that 16-inch version. And I was really upset that they didn't. They didn't release that. That didn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The iPhone is pretty marginally better. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. So a better camera, that's always going to get people, even if it's slightly better. People are always going to want. I, you know, I may as well get that. I think for a lot of people to do work or video work from their phone, it makes sense. It captures forty-seven percent more light for better photos and videos. I could justify getting this for filming house tours, if even if it's slightly better for the viewer. Fine. Uh, better battery life. I've actually had issues now. I don't know if it's because this phone is about a year old, but now the battery doesn't last as long as it once did. It really seems to degrade quickly. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I feel the same way, uh, Graham. I feel like the batteries are always like that where, you know, they, they just go down a lot. And then, you know what else I noticed? I feel like once you get the phone, the camera works so good. And I feel like over time, the camera gets like worse. I'm like, <laughs> it gets blurrier. You just have to wipe your lens, dude. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is going on here, man? I think it's just getting worse over time. <laughs> At first, it looks like DSLR quality, and after a while, it looks like a Nokia. Like, I'm like, what is yeah. going on? Also, your eyes get used to it, and then new technology comes out, and you're like, wow, I didn't know this yeah. could be so good. 
It's true. I, 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 you know, it's funny. Sometimes I'll watch, you know, like, or see like an old sports clip back from like 2010 or something like that. And I remember like at that time it looked so amazing. And now I look at it and I'm like, holy smokes, that looks like it's from like 1985. The quality's awful. I'm like, what the heck? Speaking so. of the, those first few videos you used to release on your YouTube channel with the GoPro, like yeah. 10 feet away was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It was like the, 10 feet away. Time. You just had a GoPro three set up and you're like, Hey guys, today I'm going to teach <laughs> yeah. you what a savings account is. Yeah, I, love this <laughs> I love, dude, I legit enjoyed those videos a lot. Oh gosh. Yeah. The fish eyed lens. Oh man. Those are the good old Wait. days. You could, just get views for doing nothing. But anyway, so I see they had the iPhone 13 mini and the iPhone 13 6.1 inch display. Is that the same size as the pro max of the 12 should be yeah, the 6.1. I think the I think the pro is like 6.5. I, yeah, I think the I think the pro 6.5 inches, I believe. Yeah, by the way, to anybody wondering where Kevin is, I think he's just probably talking to the media outside because right. there, there's a ton of people out there with ginormous cameras. So he's just making sure. Kevin, yeah. he needs to be in here. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the size on this to see if it's the same sizing. Yeah, This is not as interesting as our usual as I want to see some TTCF drama up in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is 6.7. So 6 the new yeah. iPhone 13 is slightly smaller than the 12. Oh, I didn't know. Did you guys ever know I was I started a, a tech YouTube channel back in the day? You did? Yeah, it was called Regular Guy Tech. I did like uh, five or ten videos on it. I thought you were going to say like it was going to be called Tech Education. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was going to do it. And uh, that's how Financial Education 2 actually started. I, it was called Regular Guy Tech. And I used to post tech videos, like, you know, just doing uh, like Canon 80D slow motion tests and stuff like that. And then I was like, oh, no, I don't feel like doing this anymore. <laughs> just, Can you I explain just, why you have financial education one, two, and I believe three as well? Why, why are they sequential? <laughs> yeah, good question, man. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense, you know. But no, it, uh, so the second channel started out of regular guy tech. And there was a time where, you know, if you posted multiple videos on a channel in a day, you saw a significant <clears throat> drop off in views. Um, this was prior to like, you know, the last couple of years where it was like the more content, the better, right? On one channel. And so that's why I started a second channel. Then the third channel started because I originally started that channel as a, a presidential polls channel. Did you guys, I don't know if you guys ever got to see that. No, I did presidential. No. So uh, for this past election, I did presidential polls. And if you look at the oldest videos on financial education three, it started out with doing presidential polls on Trump versus Biden, just as like an experiment. And then I ended up turning into like an entrepreneur and in, in personal finance. And now it's just a stock market channel. So. Are you super into politics and you just follow it a lot no. or do you just want to be a statistical kind of a YouTube channel? Yeah, it was just statistical. And I was just wanted to see like if that sort of content could pick up a lot of views it never did or anything like that but it was, it was it was interesting like trying to predict and look at the different polls and whatnot and what we were finding from the polls at that time was you know biden was going to easily win and you know obviously the rest is history so but um yeah anyways that's that's how all those channels started just out of fun projects it wasn't Are you familiar with any of the um uh, the political prediction models um i remember there was a really famous blog i think it was something 21 or uh, I forget what it was. It was, it was, it was a guy who, who was incredibly accurate at predicting election results based on exactly what you're talking about. Some statistical models. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I was going through all those models back in the day and we would look at all like, I, I used to have this website. I can't remember which one it was, but it had like all the different polls and uh, from like all these different states and counties and whatnot. And um, yeah, it was all pointing toward a certain direction. But yeah, it, it's interesting stuff to kind of see. But every once in a while, it, you know, that stuff can be wrong. That's the interesting part. Because that just like, you know, tonight, we never know what could happen with this whole thing, right? But um, yeah, anywho, and, and Andre, you starting a new channel soon? Or, or what's going on, man? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still, well, Corey's not my girlfriend, Corey. She's reading through all the email submissions we had of uh, video editor positions because I'm starting to hire as well. So that'll be interesting. If you guys are watching and you're like, I'm a video editor, I want to work and, and do some awesome stuff and I'm hiring. So 
I haven't really officially announced it yet, and I've just been looking out. And yeah, I definitely want to start a new channel, maybe a podcast channel, maybe something like a vlog channel like Graham has. Graham pretty much has a channel for everything. Yeah, you got to start with do reactions first. Yeah. <laughs> do reactions in the podcast. No, I think podcast makes more sense. I think podcast a little bit more fun. Reaction stuff I've thought about too. Reactions are fun, but I'm not as critical. I think you're really good at being critical of, of things. And I'm more like, ah, you know, if you want to do it that way, that's cool. <laughs> like, I'm just yeah, that seems very reasonable. Yeah, that doesn't bother me at all. That's me. As long as she's happy, that's okay. <laughs> that's how I am. <laughs> Overall, great video. Thank you so much for watching. <laughs> that would be all my videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grim, it's been at least, what, two months since you started a new channel? It, that's a little long for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I don't know what else I could start at this point. Oh, I, I think it's you can start a pet channel. You got, you got pets. <laughs> you know what? Believe it or not, Macy thought about doing that. And uh, oh. I told her, honestly, I, I thought a TikTok of Bailey and Ramsey would be fantastic. But, uh, you know, if she wants to do that, that's, that's on her. You know, not, not to get too far <laughs> yeah. away from the subject. I was thinking about taxing the rich. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know about you guys. Have you thought about it this way where it's like, I feel like, we fundamentally disagree in this country what it means to be rich. Like the government defines being rich as making $400,000 a year, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of money, don't get me wrong. But as far as on the grand scale of what it means to have wealth where you should consider like social implications of helping society, it is massively like an ocean apart from mm -hmm. what the government defines as being rich. Because um, if you're making $400,000 a year, right? And the government's like, well, we're going to take 50% of what you earn. A person who's earning 400K, for them, 200K less is, is a pretty substantial difference. Like, enough to make them feel bitter about it and complain on Twitter how the government's just taking all my money, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're a, a multi-billion dollar corporation with offshore assets and you're funneling money and you're whatever, you're taking resources from the earth or you're a... And, and, and a lot of people reference people like, you know, Elon Musk and, and Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg, rightfully or wrongfully so their net worths and their fortunes are, are so vastly different than that $400,000. Like, like just for perspective, Graham's net worth, I mean, last time he did a video, I think you said $10 million, right? It's probably more yeah, than that yeah, now, but right. well, let's just say it's $10 million, right? The difference between Graham with 10 million and a person who has nothing, who has $0, right? If you took those two people, those two people are closer to each other then Graham would be to a billionaire, oh, yeah. to a dude with one billion. Like on a, on the scale of well, a ratio, hundred million. Yeah, a hundred million is closer to zero. Yeah. than it is to a billion. Okay, but like yeah, on a ratio yeah. scale, if Graham's net worth is ten million, that would be one dollar. Zero dollars, and the dude with a billion is a thousand dollars. So the dude with the zero and the one are arguing. That's that's kind of what this country seems like to me. And the dude with a thousand dollars is like, so I guess. I'm just going to own the world yeah. now, right? <laughs> Hold on. We're going to bring Kevin in on this discussion. Let's scoot over. Oh, yeah, yeah, there snap. We go. We're going to bring Kevin in. The fame. There we go. <laughs> hey, what's up? I <laughs> like that. Uh, oh, there we go. This one. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I should have like numbers yeah, on the cameras. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Camera one, camera yeah, yeah. two. But no, I agree with you, Andre. What people don't realize, you know, 400 grand, it's a lot of money, but, but that's not even the 1%. That's like the 1.8%. You get the 1% that's a, anywhere between $550,000 and $700,000. But where you start getting crazy is where you get the 0.1%. I believe that starts about $7.5 million. And then the 0, 0.0, uh, what is it, 0 0.001 or like 0.01%, then that's like $30, $40 million. And you go even crazier from there. So, I mean, there are definitely levels to wealth. So, so, so Kevin, to fill you in, yeah. we, we were just talking about the discourse in this country. And I, I brought up the point that I think fundamentally the idea we have of what wealth means versus what the government defines as being rich, which is $400,000 a year, is vastly different than the wealth we think when we think of the Zuckerbergs and the Elon Musks. And, and I feel like the difference between someone with, say, $10 million of a net worth and $0, those two people are closer hey. to each other in net worths than somebody who's a billionaire and a $10 million net worth. Hold on, hold on, hold your horsies. Hold your horsies, okay? 
Kevin, we got bad. You got bad internet over there. Maybe too many people are on, man. Uh, they were had me trying to think it was me earlier. No, you're completely blurry. And everybody's complaining about it being blurry. And you guys keep fading in, fading out. Okay. What happened? Is that better? There you go, Kevin. Hey, we got a solution. There you go. Okay. So thank you for that. Yeah. Look, I, I actually, I agree with you. I mean, we should be incentivizing people to, to build wealth. And, and I, I came in right as y'all were talking about what the definition essentially of the 1% is and like $400,000 of net worth you were saying. I'm making a year. Annual oh, 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 annual income. Okay. Which yeah. It's a lot, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's not like the 0.001% that people are demonizing. That, that's true. That's true. Uh, I think what it is though, is uh, this, the whole 99% versus 1% thing, no matter where the definitions are, it's a frustration with how difficult it is for most people to build wealth. And I think that comes because nobody teaches financial education in schools. So if we, like all the stuff we talk about on YouTube, if that were taught starting in sixth grade and between sixth grade and 12th grade, you learned all the stuff that we talk about, about crypto, credit cards, investing, dollar cost averaging, buy the day, whatever. By the time people be 18, be like, okay, I get it. I got to focus on building wealth. I'm not going to go YOLO on a credit card to take a vacation to Hawaii and then and buy a Tesla. <laughs> and buy a Tesla right? So, so that's, that I think is the big uh, fundamental problem is, is people feel like they're trapped and, and they can't build wealth when the truth is everybody can build yeah. wealth. It's just those principles. Why do you think we've shifted so much towards, because it, it almost feels like uh, the rich are almost like they're, they're made out to be the bad guys. Like yeah. they're the ones who are really responsible for a lot of things. Why is that? Why do you think that is? Yeah, it's definitely, in my opinion, uh, it's it's a political issue more than it's than, than it's individuals. Like, I personally don't think Jeff Bezos wakes up in the morning going, I'm going to squash these workers today. You know, they're paying people like 18 bucks an hour to work. Now, I look, I, I don't, I'm not going to be here to comment on like uh, the conditions, worker conditions or whatever, right? That's, mm. that's for each company to fix. And if people don't like their worker conditions, go to a different company, right? That's where the free market comes in. But yeah, I don't think Jeff Bezos wakes up going, how can I uh, take advantage of, of the labor force, the human capital here, right? Mm. Uh, I believe that uh, it is politicians who are, at fault for not making sure that we're all elevated more when we're 18 years old. Why is it that when you're 18, the only job you can get is uh, either you, you try to go self-employment, which most people go bankrupt in self-employment, or uh, you work minimum wage. How are you supposed to build wealth on minimum wage in this country? It's not, it's not going to happen. You got to figure out how can you elevate your skill set, get a license, provide value somehow, uh, it, it, and then you can start building your wealth. But we don't learn that crap in schools. So no, I, I don't think that it, it's and I'm not saying this because, you know, oh, that's like we're considered 1% or whatever. I, I was saying this because the reality is demonizing the 1% ain't going to make it better for the 99%. Right. That's not going to solve the problem. So you so yeah. you gave a solution, but why are we demonizing the wealthy so much? Do you think it's a result yeah. of, uh, of of playing politics you know, or people like AOC that just say yeah. things that, that are very popular to say? And it's like, well, of course, yeah, the rich should pay yeah. their fair share, not knowing the fact that the rich actually pay more than their fair share. You know they pay it, most of it. It seems like almost that uh, it's made it to be this thing where if you have a dollar, you're taking a dollar from somebody else. Right. That your gain is at the expense of somebody else. Yes. That's yes. where I think it really begins. When you see someone with so much money, you're thinking, what did that person have to take from somebody else who doesn't have that? And is that greedy That's a great at that point. point? That's a great point. Yeah, they, it almost feels like it's a zero-sum game. But the reality is it's not. I mean, you just look at the the velocity of money. You know, I spend a dollar. That turns into $6 of money for other people. The same dollar can touch multiple different businesses and make different businesses revenue. And that's what's so incredible. Uh, and so the game is easy like look aoc right now here yeah, she is oh she they just had yeah, her yeah. out here on fox or whatever on Popeye. yeah aoc chose narcissism over whatever uh it, and it's <clears throat> the thing is politically it's very popular to to say tax the rich uh, the one percent they're taking advantage of everyone i'm gonna go in there and fight and it's very in my opinion it's almost the easy option to go into politics and go uh, $2,000 a month for everyone forever, uh, uh, forgive all student debt, never evict anyone. Those are easy, populist things to say, but let's be real. It ain't going to work. 
It's never going to happen. Those sorts of policies are not going to happen. And so we've got to think about something everybody can agree on in America, which who doesn't agree that we need financial education in schools? Right. Why don't we focus on that first, right? Where we can actually really start empowering people. I was just on an interview in San Diego and they're like, Kevin, I mean, you're, you're basically saying the, the, the old adage, uh, teach a man to fish. Uh, what is it? Give a man a fish, uh, feed yeah. him for a day. Uh, teach a man to fish, feed him for a life. Yeah, that's a great point. So you're saying it starts at edu education. So that way they, people don't oversimplify these issues to where it's like, of course, the, mm -hmm. let's give everybody money. It's like, yeah. no, you have to understand how this stuff works first, yeah. which is not taught. Bingo. I mean, get this. In California, you spend uh, $240,000 for two years to have somebody in jail or prison. They get out of prison. What are they supposed to do? Who's going to hire somebody who just got out of prison? What skill did they learn while they, in they were in prison? Probably nothing. So what do they come out? They can't get a job. They don't have any money. They don't have any skills. 70% of them ended up back in prison in three years. So how about teaching people skills? Uh, right. You know, financial education, career training. You know, we should be graduating at 18 as, as electricians and plumbers and, and uh, people with skills. Because look, let's say by 18, uh, one of you, let's say Andre, by 18, you graduated high school and you graduated as a licensed journeyman electrician, let's say. You could go install ceiling fans and outlets or whatever. Even if you didn't want to be an electrician, you wanted to go, you know, do do you, magic career or whatever, you would always be able to fall back on doing electrical work for people. Right. If you didn't have that license, you'd have nothing to fall back on other than minimum wage. This the bare minimum social safety net. You're not going to get ahead with that. Right. What do you think of the infrastructure bill and what they're talking about? Right. Do you think it's going to get passed as it is, or the three point? It's going to get passed. Uh, three point five trillion. Mm, Probably. Yeah, really? I think so. Yeah, really? I think they're going to uh, do they're mm -hmm. going to get Joe Manchin's playing hard to get right now. Uh, I think he's going to fold. I've, uh, these politicians are babies. I'm sorry I hate to say it. Look, Bernie Sanders with the, the $600 stimulus check. Remember when Trump is like, it needs to be $2,000 right? Yeah. the December, the disaster, yeah. right? Uh, Bernie Sanders like, hey, we got to have $2,000 a month. It was the one time Bernie Sanders was like, even Trump agrees with us. Right. You know? It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and so Bernie Sanders like, I will not vote for this unless it's $2,000. And he puts up a stink, puts up a stink, puts up a stink. Vote comes up. He votes for $600. Right. It, it's like the same thing's going to happen right. with cinema. The same thing's going to happen with Manchin. These moderates, they're going to get bought out somehow. Hey, Manchin, we'll put a new park in your district. We'll label it the Manchin Park. Shut the F up and vote for this bill. <laughs> and he'll vote for it. You think Nancy Pelosi is not going to be able to take control of Mansion? This you know? is so funny because when you started mm. running, I feel like <laughs> wow, we were man. this negative, and we were like, "Kevin, you're just naive," and you you were like, "No, you guys are just jaded." <laughs> uh, I, I will say it's it's jading to get to to see the nonsense that goes on, but yeah. That's, yeah. that's how I feel now. <laughs> Did you see the uh, crypto uh, distinction with who's a broker and who's not based on their definition of, of anybody who's transmitting money? So that includes like nodes and oh, miners. Oh, the miners yeah. and that disaster. Yeah. There was a, a mm. Senate amendment. They were trying to fix that, but yeah. the amendment didn't get passed. It didn't. It's, even if this, this bill passes the way it is, compliance is going to be such a nightmare uh, they'll end up just uh, probably making uh, temporary exemptions until they fix it in a different bill once they realize it's a big problem mm -hmm. because it's not possible what they're trying to do. Right. They'll figure that out. Like, look, these bills pass and they end up having... They're, they're littered with bullet holes, basically. It's mm. it's like you mm. picture like a, a, a target that somebody shot at, you know, 20 rounds at, 50 rounds at or whatever. That's how these bills are. There's so many holes and problems and issues. Do they and fix them as they go or as these problems arise? Because wouldn't that kind of stifle innovation if they're like... squeaky wheel, man. And that's okay. the problem with politics. It's how squeaky is that wheel. Mm. So uh, I got to run to a Spectrum interview. We are also 15 minutes away from polls. So you guys probably, we would probably want to wrap up in like 10 minutes or so. Or do we just keep it going and have a pizza party? <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're going to do that in there. I might, maybe we go live uh, and we can invite Jeremy or something like that on the channel. We That'd might do be that. Cool. We could do that because then I could just be mobile on the iPhone. Yeah. We might transition over to that. Why not? Uh, because I might, they'll bump up some interviews that, that I'll have to do as well. But I, I, I this. That. if you guys need to end, just take this little mouse right here and, uh, you know what? I'll put it on this screen right here. So see, it's right so here. So confusing, I see. It's right there. So Got all it. you have to do is click. So don't move the mouse. Thanks, everyone. All right. Now we're going to go back to this camera. Look ah. at that. There we go. <laughs> all right. I love this setup. The, the professionals. Oh. oh, my goodness. Okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah, all Andre, right. I mean, you were talking about the whole tax of rich. Uh, well, I'll wait for him to get a headphone. So, yeah, Andre, you're talking about the whole um, tax of rich situation. I think a lot of that, you know, to come back to that point was 
you know, imagine if you know no one that's rich, right? Um, you've never had anybody around. Not to that degree, right? Like I know rich people. And, I mean, I think Graham is rich. I think you're rich. I think Kevin's oh, rich. No, no. But yeah, no, my, my, my point is like, like when does it, it ever like, you know, become like a hatred situation where you oh, really right. dislike a, a group, right? Whether it's like being racist or sexist or, you know, whatever, you're, you're against uh, somebody, right? And so some folks with the mentality that they, they hate the rich or like, you know, eat the rich, there's that, that whole thing, right? I think a lot of times if you're not around that and you hear something bad, like, oh, that rich guy, he avoided all those taxes or he did this or did that automatically your view is you don't know anybody that is like that and you hear a bad thing, then you're starting to stereotype and say all these people over here are bad. And that's what some people do. And I think that's what leads to hatred um, uh, many right. times. And, many not, not only that, but we also say that the rich don't pay their fair share. And what we're actually referring to when people say that is not the federal or income taxes, but it's the capital gains taxes. And, and that's what people conflate and they, and they confuse the two and they think, well, these people don't pay their, uh, their taxes because most of their yeah. income is derived from the selling yeah. of stocks, not from their company. And, and I think that's partially where that, that stigma comes from is just like, oh, they don't pay their fair share. They do. They just get their income from a, from a different source. If you guys could see, um, let's say you had two scenarios, you could see um, either income taxes be lowered on everybody or capital gains tax be lowered on everybody, which one do you think would be better? Ooh, that's a great question. I would need more like statistical wow. data. That's a, that's a really good, it got me thinking, because on the one hand, I'm like, okay, well, if capital gains taxes were lowered, would that incentivize more people to invest? Because now they get to keep more of their money and that's after tax too. So, but on the other hand, then again, we spend more time working. So I think while you're building up capital, it's probably better to have more money left over now to invest. I mean, you know what? It's, it's almost like the same argument. Like what's better, a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA? Which one? Would you rather pay tax later or pay the tax up? to be lower because I think that's what is, gets the snowball rolling, I guess. In, in essence, does that, does that make sense? That's what helps people initially to start that curve. But if you don't have money and if you're not making much money, then it doesn't do you very uh, much good to have a lower tax yeah. rate on your on here's, your stock. Here's the other thing too. If you have more money left over after tax, then chances are you would spend more money, which could benefit stocks. So even though you pay a higher capital gains tax, those stock prices might end up going up to almost balance that out. Yeah, I could see that happening too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, man, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, what what is it going to take to get like everybody into investing? You know what I mean? Like, let's not even say around the world, but just in the United States, like what would it take to really get everybody involved? Because what I've seen over time is like, how simple it's become, you know, to get started in investing, like, for instance, the stock market, right? When I first started 2008, 2009, it was like 1995 per trade you made every time you bought or sold a stock. That was a huge barrier to entry, right? Uh, second barrier to entry was around research. So at that time, there was starting to be some stuff like put out on the internet for like financial reports. But a lot, I don't know if you guys know, but back in the day, I used to have companies mail me in the mail an annual report or a 10Q. And I used to have bookshelves of just companies, annual reports and 10 Qs back in the day, which is, is kind of crazy, right? And that's a huge barrier to entry. And like, we just, I don't want to give the hungry bull a shout out, but we just uh, had a new option, which is SEC reports, where literally you can, you can read a 10 Q or 10 K right inside the app. And you, you take it back to the, back in the day when I started, you had to get it in the mail, like in some companies wouldn't ship them and it's just a drama, right? And you think about Robinhood and all the stock brokerages now, it's free to literally buy a stock. That's amazing, right? And um, it, it, it seems like we just keep going in this direction where things are getting easier and easier. And I'm just hoping we get to a day when everybody cares about investing in some way well, or, or well, well, here's the thing. I, I think Kevin was 100% right that it starts with education. And as you go further, further down the trough or further, further down the further, further down the line, the, the net benefit is kind of decreased. It, it becomes less and less felt, right? So mm -hmm. if you start off with a good education uh, system and if you start off with knowing how money works and getting a, a high valued career and, and making in, an income and saving it and investing it, over time, the, again, the benefit goes lower and lower and lower the farther out you go. 
And so the emphasis should be in the beginning and as early of the stages as possible, which starts with education. So that's why I think as far as federal taxes go, it's, it's better to do uh, income taxes rather than capital gains. But if anything, put that money in education. That's, that's where it'll have the biggest effect and getting people motivated to invest in the market. Let's say, uh, we, you know, in the school system, let's say it really became like a financial education type thing where they're trying to educate along the way. When does that start? Do you, do you start in elementary school? Do you wait till middle school? Do you wait till high school? What's kind of your guys' uh, perspective on that? Oh, that's a middle great question. <laughs> I think middle school, you're, listen, you're 12. Yeah, you're 12 years old, 13, 14. You're old enough to learn about money. You know, whenever you start getting an allowance, that's really, I think, the age you start. I, I like Warren Buffett's approach. <clears throat> if, if I have kids or once I have kids, what I think I would do is I would put a slot machine inside. That. And I think I think we talked about this before, <laughs> but I, I loved his approach is like putting a slot machine in the house and then give them an allowance. That way they understand what it's like to make money and then let them gamble it away. And then with that same money they gambled away, pay them next week. And that way they understand the value of hard work and money. I think the only way that human beings care about investing in money is when it directly affects them and their interest. And, and all of our interests are subjective. And I know like growing up, Graham and I like loved Pokemon cards and all these, we loved collecting, right? But everybody has their thing that, that they enjoy, that they like to spend money on, whether it's food or, or cameras or Pokemon cards, or whatever it is. And as long as you relate it back, it almost doesn't matter what age you start at as long as you can relate that concept back to their innermost desire. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that just goes back to like money in general and like why should you care about like building wealth or, or having money or things like that. And, you know, yeah, a hundred percent, guys. You know, I hope we get to that day someday, you know, when when everybody's like pretty, uh, you know, literate when it comes to these things. You don't have to be, you know, uh, know an income statement in a balance sheet inside and out. But if you could just know a little bit like, buying an S&P 500 index fund. And I hope we, you know, help out with that a little bit on YouTube. But, um, you know, obviously there's just so many people we don't reach, right? Like a lot of views for one of our videos is like, what, a half million views or whatever. You know, that's like a really successful video, but that's around the world. And when you take into account like how few people actually see that, you know, in, in our own country, you know, it, it's like, you know, it's it's progress, but it's, it's like a small bit of progress. It seems like it ne really needs to come from the school system if we're really going to get it out in mass and, and around the country so well, well jeremy do you notice anything from your kids that your kids enjoy a lot and you're like oh i noticed that enzo loves this thing he loves the, the pokemon or whatever it might be i bet you you can get him really interested in money even if not now you plant that seed that you're like oh if you want more of this thing that you really love here's what you got to do Oh yeah, that kid. He's too. He's too into money, in my opinion. You know, he's got a. He is. He's so really. smart. Yeah, I I talk with him about money, believe it or not, and he's into it. Hey Enzo, what should I make my video yeah. about this week? <laughs> no, it was funny. I was. Uh, he was telling me he was saving up to buy a Pokemon card, and he's like, I have like two hundred dollars in cash, and I was joking with him, and I said, Well, why don't you play some blackjack with me, and we could double that. He's like. But no, but then I could lose my money and I would have to save up even longer to get the card I want to buy. That's awesome. I was like, ah, oh, geez. Yeah. Can't argue with that. I know. Very yeah. smart. Yeah, kid, kid is practical. But yeah, he, he's super into that. He's already buying stocks and stuff like that. So, but yeah, you know, it, it's fun. But man, at, at that age, I'm like, man, maybe maybe it's too early to get him started. But hey, maybe it, maybe that's the way, you know, get him started early. I would, I would do it. I would, this, this is the this way. Is the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeremy, let's let's uh, let's yeah. talk about this really quick. What are your thoughts for the rest of the week on the market with everything going on with China, with uh, inflation coming in, you know, as expected? What, what are your thoughts? Oh, man. Uh, my thoughts are September is generally kind of, uh, you know, can be a little bit of a rough mo a month, you know, and um, uh, I mean, I'm not the guy to make short term stock price predictions, but I think Chinese stocks are going to continue to have a tough time. There's there's it feels like day by day, there's more distrust with what's going on in China and some of the moves coming out of China. And um, although valuations can look pretty compelling in a lot of these stocks, and I made a whole video about Alibaba, which the, the fundamentals of Alibaba, and if you look at the, um, you know, the, the valuation of Alibaba, so compelling, it's like, it seems like easy money. But then all of a sudden China, you know, we, we can't say China stepped in, but all of a sudden Alibaba gives a third of their cash in the balance sheet to, you know, uh, help 
Chinese uh, funds. That would be like, it's equivalent of like Apple saying we're given $70 billion just to USA type things or programs that like, it makes no sense. So I think Chinese stocks are a little scary. I think stocks that do business in China are going to continue to be scary, not just now for, but for the, you know, foreseeable future. Um, and outside of that, there's not a lot going on. We don't have earnings right now. Earnings season will start up again in about a month. So, you know, company earnings is none of those coming out. And, um, I don't know. We're going to kind of be in a little bit of a boring time for the next month in the stock market until earnings season gets back going again. And, um, I think it's, we still got to watch big tech, big tech's scary. I'm a little scared for big tech. I'll be honest. The valuations are pushed. Um, you know, what if, what if this iPhone doesn't do big numbers, you know, uh, man, what's that mean for Here's Apple stock? Here's the thing. I, I feel like they've said that about the iPhone every year. They've been like, Oh, the seven is basically just the six. Eight is basically the seven, but every year it's like people are lining up to buy iPhones. Last year we said like there's no way people are going to be going crazy over the iPhone, and then after the stimulus check came out, people were buying iPhones. <laughs> so it could. It, I always think Apple always surprises me, and uh, most likely I'm going to get the iPhone for the better camera because I use it so much for the business. And then out of nowhere, you're going to see Apple be like, boom, Apple Car. <laughs> <laughs> That's. That's what I think is going to happen. I think so point. too. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be said. They would be, they would be stupid not to pursue a car at some point. And oh my God, imagine your phone connects to your car, connects to your computer. Hey Siri, like, yeah. <laughs> pull out of the garage. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, well, that, that's where I think we're going. And with the Apple credit card, you could charge it to the credit. I mean, it's Oof. just like they could create a whole Apple ecosystem where everything you do is within their ecosystem, and then they come out with an Apple home. Apple house, I was just yeah. going to say, yeah, geez. Seriously, they're, they're, they could expand. They could continue going, and they'll compete with Amazon for houses. Imagine Amazon starts building houses. Woo. Hey, you got the uh, Apple house max? Could you imagine that? There's a big yeah. Apple logo yeah, right on your house. Oh, oh. there's a big there's oh, a okay. Apple think, logo right on your house. Back. Oh. It was back for us. Well, there you go. Oh, I don't want to be a spoiler, but we got to go. Yeah. Election time. Let's wrap it up, Graham. So thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure to subscribe. Check out the Hungry Bowl, Jeremy. Got to check that out down below in the description as with Bankroll Coffee. It's not down below in the description. Uh, <laughs> neither <laughs> neither is my coupon code, which is somewhere. <laughs> it's expiring soon. 17% off. <laughs> Expires tonight for everyone who missed it out. Andre, whatever plug you I've want. I've got nothing to sell you guys. How about the I'm Clips so channel? Sorry. How about the Clips channel down below in the description? <laughs> sure, go check that out. <laughs> Just subscribe, guys. What's That's your BlockFi link? BlockFi.com. Oh! <laughs> we did it, guys. All right, Thank guys. you so much for watching, and until next time, Peace. subscribe. And hit the like button. Oh, I got to do it. Here we go. We're doing it.